Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the channel for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night Pre-Party with someone in her first leading role in a feature film that absolutely crushes it, Priya Kansara for Polite Society. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Perry. Thank you. <laughs> you do everything in this movie. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I do often joke and say that I feel like I've completed an entire skill section on a CV through this film. <laughs> If anyone needs proof that you have maximum range, it is this movie and this movie alone. <laughs> Thank you. So we go back to the very beginning on Ladies Night and every single conversation begins with this question. What was the movie, the performance you saw or personal experience you had, whatever it may be, that first made you say to yourself, I absolutely have to be an actor and nothing else? Oh my gosh. I get asked this question a lot. And to be honest, I really envy people that have like a one moment, like a light bulb moment in their life. Um, but I mean, you could have asked me when I was like four years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would have said, I want to be an actress, you know, like, I think I had so many influences. Um, you know, my mom was a big Bollywood fan. My dad loves action movies. We used to try and go to the theater every Christmas. And I just grew up enjoying those things and finding an escape through them and like wanting to be as like enchanting and as adventurous as the people that I saw on screen and, and on stage. And so I think it was like a, com a compilation of all of those things that kind of made me want to take that route. So you recognize the the dream to act early on, but then I was reading you got a degree in science. So what made you go that route when you went to school rather than let's say studying acting, drama, theater, you name it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's such a like complex thing. You know, I, I 
I enjoyed science. I, I was, I, I will admit to being a bit of a nerd um, and loving math and science, them being some of my favorite subjects at school. I mean, my love for drama and performance is one of the most constant things I've had in my life. Um, but I think as I grew older and, and, you know, you end up settling almost in, in kind of what feels normal in society, which is going for something that feels stable or secure, but also growing up, I didn't see people that looked like me on screen and, or, or, or in this space. And I don't think I thought it was accessible to me. I didn't think that, um, you know, when I was 14, 15, I didn't think that I could make it. You know, I, it was like, I can't, I'm not going to be hired. <laughs> Why? Why would I do this to myself? You know? Um, but I guess like when I was uh, studying through university and um, during those years of my life, I started to see how the industry was starting to open its doors more. And also that um, kind of instilling the discipline in me about like no I love this and this is what I want to do and I think it's important that people kind of step into the industry regardless of the fear surrounding it because that's the only way we're going to push things forward and 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 make those films and create those spaces so um I hope that this film does that I hope that this film kind of opens the doors and allows more people from the South Asian community to kind of come in and be inspired and make more film and tell their stories, but not even just from the South Asian um, community, but from so many others that feel unrepresented in this industry. Um, I think it's just really special. <laughs> I've got high hopes that'll be the case. So <laughs> when the, the acting career path first started to feel accessible and like an option to you, mm -hmm. I am curious at the time, what did making it look like to you? Was there a specific genre, another actor you wanted to follow in the footsteps of? And now how does that compare to what you do in polite society? <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm going to be really honest here. Making it was being able to earn a living doing the thing that I love. This industry is not the easiest place to find like big work in. And I have surpassed any expectation, any of my wildest dreams by doing this film. I felt like I would be lucky if I was doing like um, small, smaller roles in TV shows every so often or being able to do plays um, um, regularly in London or, or things like that. You know, I, I, I just wanted to do the thing that I loved and I wanted to be able to do it a lot. Um, and you know, you know, most artists aren't paid that well, like on the next Tom Cruise. And, and, and for me to be sitting here today and to have been able to explore so many genres in this film, but also like to, to be playing Rhea in this film, uh, you know, opposite so many incredible cast members, but to have worked with an incredible crew and Nither, um, who was so unbelievably talented. Honestly, I, I'm consistently pinching myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. It, it is a very special, it's a special movie in general. So the fact that this is your first lead role in a feature is really something else. Backtracking a little more though. So you study science in school and then you start mm -hmm. working in the healthcare industry, but I know you were uh -huh. also doing acting classes in addition to that work. What wound yeah. up when you're in that kind of um, in that kind of environment, what wound up being the key to being there, but then bridging the gap between that and getting your first auditions? Was it a situation where you already had representation? How did you find those initial auditions? Oh, wow. I mean, 
you know, I was doing both of those things side by side for like three years. I literally remember pretending that I was in meetings and doing auditions. <laughs> I like block out a bit of my diary and be like, I'm really sorry, I have a really important meeting. But actually, I was doing a Zoom audition with someone. Or like, I remember racing from our from my office to get the last train to make sure I made it on class to class in time, you know, like, um, that I guess was the hustle really for me it was like trying to balance it all. And um, when I was um, initially, at, uh, you know, learning acting, I would go for open cast auditions and do things like that. And eventually I was signed. And um, actually around the time that I left my job, I signed with my current agent who um, actually was the person who, uh, that I, I got this role because of. So, Yeah. <laughs> That is one of my favorite things to talk about, the actor-agent relationship, because I think it's something important that we don't highlight mm -hmm. nearly enough. So when yeah. when you first met this person, what signaled to you that they were a good agent, but also a good partner for you that would wind up letting you have access to you know the roles and the types of stories you would want to tell? Because they, you, you can tell when somebody cares about you as a human being versus you as a product. And it was really important to me that I had a relationship with the people that I work with and that they see me and that I can trust in them because this can be a really intense industry to enter into. And you want to be working with people that are there for you in ways that, you know, they're not going to, regardless of your personal circumstance, be like, no, you have to do this and you must do this. And, um, you know, you'll earn lots of money. And it wasn't about money. It was about doing things that felt fulfilling. It was about trying new roles and being versatile. It didn't matter if I only got one job in a year, but was that one job fulfilling? Did, did that feel like the right job for me? You don't have to say yes to everything. Somebody that was really encouraging of me being empowered in my decisions and like just caring about me and like checking in and like every so often being like, Hey, Priya, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I realize it's been busy. <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> I've been very lucky. The first thing I want to go back to is you, ju you just mentioned that they said to you, you don't have to say yes to everything. And that can be a very scary thing to do to say no, especially when you're first starting a career in this industry. So yeah. if you have one, can you give us an example of a time when you had to say no, because that's either what was best for you and or best for the project? Yeah, I mean, there have been parts that I have uh, been asked to audition for, like, uh, for example, um, you know, I remember one time, I think, being asked to audition for the part of a hijabi girl. So somebody who presents as being Muslim by wearing the headstuff. And, and I, um, you know, the role didn't look like it. she, she takes it off at any point. And it was really important. The, her faith was really important in, in, in this story, but also I couldn't tell if the writers were Muslim and I was conscious about taking space um, and taking somebody else's space in this industry. That's, you know, I, I, I think it's so important that we allow new talent to come in and give space to other people. And I remember feeling awkward about it. And, you know, to be able to talk to somebody and just have like a really like, like one-on-one -on -one human discussion about it and be like, this is how I feel. Is it, do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? Is this, is this right to feel strange about it? Like, how do we, 
how do we deal with that? Is it okay for me to back out of it? And, you know, having had that discussion with him and being able to have those discussions with your agents and the people that you work with is so important. Um, and like feeling comfortable in what we work on is so important. So, you know, that's just an example of kind of one of the, the kind of problems, I guess, that uh, or one of the situations that kind of came up that I w- was conscious about. That's such a good example. I feel like this industry would be a much better place if if other people out there more often at least considered that element when taking on new opportunities like that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I do. <don't... laughs> um, jumping into one pre-polite society title, I wanted to ask you about Bridgerton. What were your expectations for working on a set like that? Actually, maybe to get a little more specific, let's let's explore this uh, this way. What is something about what it takes to make a popular Netflix show that was better than what you had expected? But then also, what's something about that production process that required a little bit of a learning curve for you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, to put it in perspective, I quit my job and the first audition I did was for Bridgerton and I got the role. It was it was madness. I was like, how is this like my first full, full professional credit on my this is the most ridiculous thing ever, surely. (laughs) Um, And to go and work on a set of that scale. That was a huge learning curve. Like first time I'd ever had my own trailer or gotten a call sheet like you do on sets like this. I was learning like with literally everything that was going on, how costume fittings work, how do you work with costume makeup or figure things out. What are people's roles on set as well? Like, oh, this AD does this and this AD does that. And this person helps to organize this thing. And the DOP works with the director in that way. And the lighting team did this. So like, I have to be careful of that, you know? Um, Those things were really, really interesting to me. And I guess, you know, uh, my part within Bridgerton was um, definitely a lot smaller in size compared to obviously playing Bria. Um, And it kind of allowed me to see things from kind of an observer kind of perspective you know um I got to see how so much of the principal cast was dealing with the way you know dealing with the pressure of having a really big show to to work on and how does that work and how do they look after themselves and how do they um treat people and work with their directors to get the best out of their characters and it was it was such an important place for me to learn. I think it was because of those jobs that I was kind of able to feel more relaxed in, in, when I came into into polite society and also then being able to like feel like at least I knew something and then be able to absorb all the all the other details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. 
This is one of my favorite questions to ask, especially when someone's a bit newer to the industry. But is there a seemingly silly question about the way that films and shows are made that you were afraid to ask? Because someone might think you should know that already, that you would encourage more newer actors to ask early on. Literally everything I would ask about, you know, I'm like, um, I remember there's also loads of like acronyms. So if you ever read like a call sheet or people will be like a, um, a 110, she's going for a 110 and that's like going to take, to take a piss. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what is this thing? Or like, what's a wild track or what's, you know, what name stand for? You know, who is this person? Why is this person an executive producer, not just a producer or like, you know, what's the difference between an assistant director and an assistant to the director and things like that, you know, it's like, we're all learning. And so many of us learn on the job. Some of these, some of these things aren't taught in acting classes. Like I didn't learn the intricacies of set and set etiquette either, you know, so um, all of those things were kind of, you know, how to make sure that we're and being good with hair and makeup and we're not ruining stuff and like asking to like get a touch up if you've eaten something and just check or things like that, you know, simple things like that, that I didn't realize. And you just feel really dumb for being like, um, is this allowed? <laughs> and somebody, yes. <laughs> or no. No, no dumb, no silly questions. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I am a proponent of asking anything and everything all the time. All right. <laughs> Jumping into polite society full force now probably is already clear. I love asking about the audition process, but I'm especially curious about your audition for this movie, because again, you do everything in this movie. So I'm very <laughs> curious for your very first audition for Rhea. What was the scene you used? What element of her and her experience was being focused on most day one? Oh, I remember my audition for Rhea. So I actually auditioned for a different character first. And then I got, um, yeah, so I did a um, a character who comes in for a couple of scenes in the film and I auditioned for that character and then that's when I got a call again to be like actually can you come in and read for Rhea Nither would like to kind of see you um, and so I went in to read for Rhea and we actually did three different scenes so we did one scene with the sister one scene with the friends and one scene with the teacher um, so that Nither could kind of see my range because all of those three scenes were very different and they kind of required I guess like they were almost like slightly different genres within themselves they were very different relationships that were being explored and um, really key parts of the story as well and um, to kind of explore Rhea's journey so that's kind of what we did and we we went through those scenes and and Nither kind of sat there and we was like oh why don't we try playing it this way or why don't we try playing it this way or like could you do it more crazy or could you do it more natural or could you do it you know things like that could you do it as if you think you're in a movie scene and you think you're Clint Eastwood, <laughs> you know, and we tried it in all of these different ways. And actually I just had so much fun in the audition. Cause I felt like I was just like playing around and you know, when it's like, Oh, this is such a fun, like experience to kind of work with Nither, even within that, like, you know, half an hour slot that we had. So, um, yeah, I guess that was a, a sign of a good start. <laughs> blowing my mind right now that you auditioned for a different role to start because this is yes. just one of the films where the casting is so spot on that I can't <laughs> I can't picture a single role in this movie with anybody else that's in it in it honestly I mean I, I I'm nodding not in like a bra braggy way that <laughs> that I'm playing Rhea but like honestly the cast is just 
it's it just fit everything just fit like even the chemistry you know I didn't meet Ritu before we were cast we didn't have a chemistry read together and the sister's relationship is really key to this whole film it's like this film really is a love story between the two sisters right so the fact that we didn't meet each other was like kind of mad I was like yo (laughs) I'm scared I need us to get along like what if we don't get along you know I was really worried about those things because you know you do you just worry about it but I remember that first meeting with Richie she literally got me a present she gave me a present she was like we're sisters now and I was like oh well that was easy (laughs) and we just clicked and it was so easy um and I was like, wow, they caused this like impeccably well. <laughs> He's kind of freaky. Well, now I need to ask, what did she get you? Oh, it was just like a journal and a lovely little pen and a card. Yeah, it was really simple, but just really thoughtful of her. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> so I believe at Sundance, you had mentioned reaching out to people for advice on leading your very first feature film. So I, I wanted to follow up on that. Who did you reach out to? And then can you share some of the best advice you got that really helped you on this process? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think um, I worked on, obviously, I was on Bridgerton. And I also worked on another Netflix show called The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. And I was actually shooting that show when I had uh, kind of got the part. That was the time that I was auditioning. And, you know, I remember um, speaking to Nadia Parks, who plays um, Annalise in, in the show in the bastard son and and um i remember asking her at the time i was like is there any advice that you could give like i i don't even know if she remembers this conversation you know <laughs> don't even know if she remembers me i just like but you know you just like um really treasure those moments to have like gotten gotten been able to take a, a pick a piece of their mind you know and um i asked her and she was just like you know the most important thing you could do is look after yourself because you need to show up on set on their schedule and deliver what they need that day. And it doesn't matter if you are tired. It doesn't matter if you don't feel sad and you need to then cry in the scene. You still need to do that shot that day, right? That needs to happen. So what you need to figure out is that, is there anything that you can do every day that makes you feel like you've had a moment of peace, that makes you feel grounded, that makes you feel like taken care of? And she was like, it can be as simple as making sure that every morning you have a cup of tea. And I was like, wow, actually, I just didn't think about looking after myself in those ways, you know, that we don't, you know, if you like very intentionally say that every morning, this cup of tea is my cup of tea, and I get to have this every day. And this is a, this is something that I do for me. And, and it's like, even if the rest of the day is hectic, I got that one moment, that five minutes piece by having that. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually genius. You should write a book. I swear to God, if she watches this, I hope she should know that she helped me so much. Um, and I remember like I, I would meditate in the morning. So I'd, you know, I always have a cup of tea with my breakfast every morning and I would make sure that I slept a minimum of six hours every single day. And it was the three things that I had to do, like without fail. And it made me feel a lot better. And I was like, so thankful for Nadia for passing that piece of like that treasure to me. <laughs> it was so vital. You explaining that immediately brought me back to my very first year of film school when an upperclassman told me this program is going to be really challenging, but I know you like to run. Make sure no matter what, no matter how overworked you feel, you carve out your time to run because it'll serve Honestly. your work in school better. <laughs> 
honestly, these people do not. It's so important. It's such good advice. Genuinely, I yeah, I will never take the credit for it. Nadia did a great job <laughs> saying saying it right to me. <laughs> but yeah, just good. Jumping a little further into uh, the production process of it all, all the scenes in this movie are very important. But I was wondering, is there any one scene in particular that you would say put Rhea into perspective for you most? Something where, you know, whenever you needed an anchor in one of her bold knee-jerk decisions, you could always refer back to that scene and know those decisions were made in some sort of consistent truth. Oh, my gosh. That's really hard. She really goes on a journey with this in the film. And um, there's a lot of internal conflict that takes place in her reasoning for wanting to save her sister. I think, you know, sometimes feels a bit confused or complex. Is it just because she hates the guy? Is it because she wants her sister to do art? Is it because she is worried if her sister can't do art, she wouldn't be able to be a stunt woman. And I think, you know, the speech she makes at the wedding when she comes in and she stops the wedding and she talks to her sister and she's kind of there, like, she actually does just kind of release a lot of that. And you kind of, that, that for me, that little section, that little monologue that she essentially does, that little speech to her sister and to the entire wedding, basically, is like one that I think is a, such a stark reminder of how complex we all are you know, and that she cares so deeply for her, but also that there is so much going on in us all. Um, it's often a reflection of our own state of being as well. All the crazy, crazy things that we choose to do. <laughs> that is so true. That's such a powerful moment. There are so many yeah. big moments for you in this movie. So <laughs> I want to know, going into production, which scene did you kind of like circle in red in your script and say to yourself, like, I think that's going to be the day that I have my work cut out for me most. And then ultimately, was that indeed the most challenging scene or did something else catch you by surprise? Oh, oh my gosh. I think definitely the scenes where Rhea is very emotional or vulnerable. Um, you know, the scene where that is kind of like the breaking point for her you know, her sister kind of comes and tells her the worst thing that she, you could tell Rhea, which is that she, 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 I'm not a stunt woman, you know? And that was like a really big point because I come, it's not just the, the being emotional and being vulnerable. It was actually the massive change in her, like being crazy and wired all of a sudden to like having like the, the, the rug swept beneath her and like being like, oh my God, wait, what, I've done something wrong and now I feel guilty and now somebody just said the worst thing possible to me and I have to like process and register that and, and convey all of that emotion. That felt like a really intense scene. I remember that one being like, oh, that's going to be a fun day. <laughs> like, but yeah. <laughs> there are so many moments like, like that one in particular, that line when she delivers it, it just like, it cuts through as an outsider. It really cuts deep. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it so, so much. Before I have to let you go, we like to end with a couple of rapid fire type questions so that we Ooh. get to know you a little bit better. So <laughs> very random stuff that just comes to mind on the spot. I'm going to go with this one first. If you could guest star on the TV show of your choice, what show would you pick and who would you most want to play? <gasps> Oh, that's so hard. Like a current show? Like it a show that's a current show. It could be a past show. It's totally up to you. Oh, this is... Okay. I don't know if this is like 
too obvious and basic, but like I would love to have been in Friends because that is like a true comfort show. I mean, what Friends episode can I not quote? Love it. Great. Um, I'd probably... I think sometimes I'm a bit of a Monica, but I'm also, I think I'm a bit of all of the girls. Um, but like some of the funniest moments are probably Ross's, like, you know, when he gets a tan and it's gone all wrong or like something like that, that would be great. That would be amazing. Okay, <laughs> I have to follow that one up with this now. What What is the movie that you quote the most? Oh, I quote so many movies, by the way, like everything from like Shrek to Mean Girls. So like... Maybe, you know, I think Mean Girls is an infinitely quotable movie. So let's say that. <laughs> I think that is a totally fair choice right there. Now, because I, I clearly love scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? I don't like scary movies. I'm so easily scared. I'm sorry. I have a very vivid imagination and then I won't sleep. And sleep is very important to me. So <laughs> I really refrain from watching scary movies. I remember um, I watched The Woman in Black and I also went to see it in the theater. And that scared the living bejesus out of me. I swear to God, I, I literally couldn't sleep. I thought the woman was at the end of my bed and that I was going to die. So I was like, maybe it's better that I don't do this. <laughs> this. This just means that next you have to do a scary movie. That way yeah. you can kind of like demystify it for yourself. And, and I think it might help. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the scary movie like setting a life now for you. Oh, two life for you. So let's say like you as in real you, you're in a slasher movie and you need to survive. Okay. What is your greatest skill to survive this slasher movie type scenario? But then also what's your greatest weakness that'll do you in? Okay, we I always joke about this with friends and stuff because I know I'd be the first person to die and I wouldn't and I wouldn't even die at the hands of the evil thing. I would die because I was so scared I accidentally ran into a ditch or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that I'm that person. <laughs> I already, like, put my hands up. And I'm just like, I'm already dead. It's fine. Like, you guys go and survive. Like, carry on the legacy. Do the next trilogy of scary movies. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, um, every, every scary movie needs that character. So it's right? nice and I am happy to be that person. Like, truly. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what my skill would be. Um, I think comedic value, perhaps to the audience more than anything else. It's important. You need to keep spirits up and maybe morale alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I'll end, I'll end with this one because you do, again, literally everything in polite society. If you could learn a new skill, like kind of like you do the stunts and the dancing and everything, or about a different profession through a movie or TV role, what would you pick? I think it'd be really fun to do like a race car movie or something like that. Like I, I, I literally just learned how to drive and just passed my driving test. Like whoop, whoop, finally did it. And um, I think it'd be really fun to be like race car driver or something ridiculous like that. I don't know why. I don't know why that's come to my mind. I've never thought of that before, but now that feels really exciting to me. I do really <laughs> enjoy the fact that you went from getting your license to like race car movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I believe you can do anything. So if a race car movie is the best film, you can do it. 
Priya, huge, huge, huge congratulations on this Thank movie. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing some of your story on Ladies' Night. And I look forward to your next big project because the door is always open. Come back and talk with us more. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.